Full disclaimer, Olivia Renee Santana's opinions and discourse does not reflect the ideas or thoughts held by Cuca College. The ancient Greek classics have held special places in higher education and other facets in American culture. Today we will be discussing the relevance of these ancient classics in modern day society. From those returning back from home to others who are just looking for a good story to read, these timeless classics have called upon the hearts of many. These books have brought people to better understand themselves, their trauma, and storytelling in the American society through books like the Iliad and the Odyssey and other ancient classics. Characters like Achilles, Odysseus, Orion, Orpheus, Aeneas, and so many others have endured so much, and their stories still appeal to those who struggle in the modern era. But first, we must start off with a basic understanding of ancient Greece culture. First and foremost, ancient Greece was a patriarchal society with little to no respect for women. Men's only job was to get glory and either grow old and die in some glorious way in battle, or to die gloriously in battle. Ancient, the ancient Greeks believed that fate was the only way that things were going to happen for you. The dog died, your dog died, well, that's Artemis's will. You're pregnant, just Aphrodite's will. Your child died, probably Zeus having a bad day. No one was without subjection to fate, not even the gods. The gods could postpone it for even just a little bit, but no one was free from fate, not even the gods. Many of these heroes were morally gray at best. You could be a total dick and be the biggest hero in Greek mythology. This mirrored many of the actions of the gods themselves. They were not moral characters. People didn't grow up sitting and thinking, oh, I want to be just like Athena because she was kind. She wasn't. She killed plenty of people and wasn't very nice or kind to anybody. Uh, many of these Greek mythos had characters, too, that just didn't fit into modern-day society, which is okay. It was a part of ancient Greek culture. Many were selfish and suffered from a thing called hubris, or godly pride. They wanted to be like gods and usually got smacked down in the worst way possible. Many of these characters, too, struggled with the idea of happiness. We can get the idea of happiness through two ancient philosophers, Aeropistus and Aristotle. Each philosopher viewed happiness, and that can actually correlate to modern-day ideas of, of psychiatry. Um, Aeropostes advocated for life through Hinduism by seeking to maximize pleasure and minimize pain, whereas Aristotle dismissed the headache lifestyle of pleasure-seeking as vulgar. He championed endotomism, believing that happiness was a result of doing what was worth doing, rather than hitting the feel-good button. But ancient Greeks did more than just view doom and gloom. Um, they actually lived in an ideal where they cared about each other. Ancient Greek culture, the heart and soul of it, was being a good and caring host. This was a pre-literate and pre- um, pre-traveling society. If you traveled, there was no agency to help you. There was no Twitter. The Greeks thrived on storytelling, hosting each other. They actively believed in being a good host and poor hosts who treated, were treated poorly after death. Storytelling was one of the only ways that the ancient Greeks could keep in trust with each other in, in, in understanding their latest news. Others paid bards and poets to sing the songs of ancient history for all to remember that what had happened 
these most famous ones that we have today are the Iliad and the Odyssey. Some of the only stories to survive the ancient fire of the Library of Alexandria. But now to get into the fun part. The Iliad, which some may or may not know, is the spoken story of Ilium, or Troy. The story was originally told in the oral tradition of dectalic hexameter verse, which is just a really fancy way of saying that there were six syllables to every line. It was supposed to be written... It was supposedly written down by a blind bard named Homer. But we don't actually know if this guy existed or not, because, God, who knows? There are many different translated versions, including one by Robert Fitzgerald. The Iliad takes place over a span of a few weeks in an epic cycle of the fall of Troy. The Battle of Troy was a ten-year-long war over the beautiful woman, Helen of Sparta. But in reality, it wasn't really about her. It was about disrespecting guess right. So... Again, patriarchal society. The Iliad covers the rage of Achilles in the last year of the war at the death of his comrade and assumed lover, Patroclus. This book is insight of the beliefs and practices of many of the ancient Greeks and shares light on many of the cultural concepts of heroism and happiness. Truly, the Iliad is a story that revels all stories. It has been a fascination of many stories. The way that the Iliad has manifested through either retellings like the movie Troy or the Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. You can even see various storytelling parts that are seen in many superhero movies. The superhero can't be happy if he wants to gain fate. You see this in Batman and Spider-Man and many of the Avenger movies where the heroes aren't allowed to be happy and be a hero at the same time. But we learn a lot from the Iliad. We see love in so many different forms, whether brotherly, romantically, or platonically. You may be sitting there wondering, why do you learn love from a book that is 99% war and death and sadness? It is considered one of the most realistic tellings of war. But I'd be lying to tell you if it was just a book about war. We learn... That truthfully, the reason why Achilles is mad is not because he was disrespected. His rage is actually at the death of his lover. And many think that it's because he was disrespected by Agamemnon for taking his war bride, Briseis. But really, his anger is at Hector for killing the love of his life. His love for Achilles was so strong that he, or his love for Patroclus was so strong that he was willing to give up immortality to avenge the man he loved the most. Agamemnon was really willing to risk everything for his brother and get his brother's wife back. And the warrior's love for Patroclus was an unending in friendship. They actually stopped the war to mourn Patroclus. You see various parts of love and respect throughout the Iliad. Um, you see a character, one of the Ajaxes, stops and gives kindness to one of the warriors on the battlefield and says, We were once hosting each other. In our halls, we will not kill each other, and they they go not only they they don't leave each other as enemies, but they leave each other as friends. We could see too that that Patroclus was a very special character. Homer in the Iliad actually invokes the spirit of Patroclus, like he invokes Muse. And we're sitting. Well, why is this little background character that I think has only like two lines in the Iliad is so important? And you're right. He wasn't a very special character. I think, he, again, he only has about two or three lines in the Iliad. He wasn't a spider or an athlete. He was actually an outcast prince who 
was endangered to Achilles. He had killed another prince. What made him so special was was the fact that he was kind. His kindness was what made him such a beloved man. Instead of warfare and terrible, terrible conditions, his kindness was revered by both sides of the war. The Trojans knew him to be a kind man. He was a great hero, and he was a great healer. Many of the people that were on the Greek side had been healed by him. He would have helped many of the women give birth to their children, healed their wounds as they grew, watched them go off to war. And he did it with kind. He was a kind-hearted man, and he was brave. And it shows us that even in this time of war, kindness and love are still around, and it's helped many people work through their own um, pains and sorrows. In um, recent years, the Iliad offers many insights to people who have fought in battles. Someone named Dr. John Shea, who is a very profound psychologist, actually looked into the inside of the Iliad and helped it helped people who had suffered in the Vietnam War understand that their trauma was real. Many of the men who fought in Vietnam experienced killing and other atrocities. Um, many of them were able to find solace in the words of Homer. They had witnessed death, mutilation, destruction. Many of them had partaken in things that they would never have done as a regular person. And many of the Greeks did as well. They partook in mass slaughters, rapes. Many of those who fought in Vietnam did these to regular Vietnamese citizens. Being able to understand that this trauma and this fight is actually a never-ending story that many have to fight through and even in the Iliad help many understand that they're able to move on and then now in the Odyssey the Odyssey is of course a long and perilling journey for our character Odysseus who gets lost as he's leaving the battle of Troy um, again the the Odyssey is also a written down version of this Nosti um it was supposed to be written again down by the blind bard Homer. The Odyssey gives us a very different tale of heroism. It's a tale of a hero who hits rock bottom trying to get back up again. And the story is a lost man returning home and dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder. PTSD is, according to the American Psychology, Psychology Association, it is a disorder that occurs in people who have experienced or witnessed traumatic events and even natural disasters, serious accidents, terrorism, war, combat, rape, and other threatening, threatened life with death, sexual violence, and other serious industry injury. PTSD manage, manifests in flashbacks, intense feelings, detachment from life and reality. Many of these uh, many of these people experience self-destructive behavior. Um, they're easily startled and frightened. They have trouble sleeping, trouble concentrating, irritability, anger, and outbursts, aggressive behavior, and overwhelming guilt and shame. Odysseus actually suffers from many of these things. Um, what we now call post-traumatic stress disorder would have been something that Odysseus had fought through. He goes to the war and he does many different things, including killing a young child. Odysseus... Um, actually becomes and is morphed into a different person by Athena. 
But he comes back and he's not recognized by his own wife, who loves him and cares about him. The opening words of Homer is, um, Here's the man of twists and turns, as he tried to save his own life and bring his companions back home, but however bravely struggled, he could not rescue them, fools as they were. Their own recklessness brought disaster upon them all. He had to deal with losing many people he cared about, many of his men. He lost everything. All the gold he brought back, all the honor, everything. Even the understanding of PTSD, the entirety of the most of the Iliad is actually told in a series of flashbacks, which many people with PTSD suffer with. Um, his life was spun in a million different directions. He has extremist trust, uh, doing things and treating women poorly because he does not trust them. Um, Odysseus um, also has outbursts of anger when a man goads him, um, saying that he's a non-theistic old man, treats him poorly. He reacts an unnecessary amount of anger, which is very uncharacteristic for him, since we also see him in the Iliad as a very thought-out and careful man. He avoids things that recall his trauma, especially when bards are singing about the war of Troy. He is described as hiding his face and weeping, which would have been considered a very unmanly thing to do in ancient Greece. He had to hide himself and didn't trust the people he should have trusted most. And of course, I mean, towards the end, we see that there, that he does end up coming home and getting to see his wife and his child, and he finds comfort, but he must come and battle through many different things. And in recent years, this connection has been seen through the, through the discussion of the Odyssey when helping those return back home from war. At the University of Vermont, there's a small class of veterans that meet and discuss the Iliad and the Odyssey. This class helps them heal from the atrocities they've seen in war. They are discussing things like ancient Greek, Greeks and the and Odysseus and how they survived and able to open up about their own experiences and heal in a group, form of group therapy. Many of the students were able to state how they were able to heal. One soldier says, using Homer, using Homer because the distant involved also a great storytelling was a way to break into those experiences. She was able to talk through losing people she cared about and how hard it was for her to return home after so many years of fighting and so many years of having to mistrust people. These stories, many, many, many more, have helped many people. Orion and his pride and having to deal with being a creepy man and it helps women understand that, like, yes, justice will be served. Orion ends up being killed and becomes a constellation forever in torment. Orpheus tries to defy fate, but it also is a story of learning to move on. His love dies. He tries his best to bring her back, but at the end of the day, fate is fate and she couldn't come back. Hyacinthus teaches us how to learn to love again. Hyacinthus dies and Apollo, which is very rare for the Greek gods, but says that he wished that he could give up his immortality to die with him. But he learns to forgive himself and things he couldn't control and learn to love again. These ancient classics have called upon the hearts of so many who have survived wars and tribulation, have been hurt by modern storytelling. Through the perils of Odysseus and the perils of the men of Achilles, even of Orion, Orpheus, Hythensis, and many, many more, they're able to find healing through these stories. These stories have helped people understand and place advancements in understanding their PTSD and soldiers returning home 
and to learn to love again. These stories hold such a dear place in the heart of so many. These stories are timeless and have always held such an important space in modern day storytelling.